Yeah, you just pick up wherever and I'll just edit out. I'll edit somewhere where I've stopped making sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Geek 2. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And this week we're going to be talking about Exquisite Corpse from For a Second uh, by Penelope Bajou. Bajou? We should have talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And uh, Fantastic Four, the movie that released last weekend by uh, from Fox. So I guess before that, though, what have you had going on this week? Um, I mean... Not a whole lot. Or last two weeks. Yeah, still not a whole lot, but <laughs> we did. Um, we went to the 2K pop Taylor Swift sing along at Alamo Draft House with Tegan, which was fun. And they do fun stuff like have um, glow toys and tambourines and they shoot confetti everywhere. And that was a good time. And Totally worth the trip over there to do that. And um, Tegan is obsessed with the new Disney movie, Descendants. So I've been watching that with her on repeat. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I saw all that stuff when we went to the Disney store. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit last night, but I thought it was a new TV show for some reason. Was it just a direct-to-video No, I, well, I mean, you know, Disney does, like... I mean, it was just made for their, their channel. Made yeah. for the Disney channel. Yeah, so... She's very excited, and she watches it every morning, and I bought her the soundtrack, and she's been listening to the song on repeat. Yeah. And it's cute. I mean, and it's good. It is good. Um, and, I mean, that's really it. I broke my hair dryer. I had to replace that. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> good news, bad news. Mm -hmm. Bad news, good news situation. Mostly, mostly bad news. I well, didn't want to have to replace the hair dryer, but now I have a really good one. So. Yeah. So. Um, but nothing, I haven't like been watching anything on TV because TV sucks right now. No. Yeah. Um, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can always find something good to watch on TV. You know, especially us since we have so many uh, shows that we can go backward to watch, you know, whole series that we completely missed. But. You usually just do the stuff that you've been doing. I like write down a bunch of news items and stuff that I find interesting. So I'll start with some of the things that I've been doing. Okay. And then move on to like an just, interesting news stuff. I never, I can't like keep up. So this is sort of how now I keep up. <laughs> just wait just, for me to do it. Wait for your review, your recap for me. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I haven't been doing too much, but. I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about the Black Tapes podcast that we did. Oh, uh, yeah. So, here's I can't the thing listen to that. it anymore. I know, but... I tried. When we first talked about, you know, in the last episode, I'd only listened to one episode, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of weird, but it was like, okay, well... I mean, it just sounded weird. The more you listen to it, the more it's clearly just like a radio play. And not only that, a radio play with you know, actors who don't really voice actors who aren't very convincing. So it, yeah. it does kind of detract from the overall experience, but I still like the stories. 
I like the, the stories, but like I wanted to like really be creeped out and right. I couldn't knowing that it was all just like really, really made up and it was just so obviously scripted. Yeah. But uh, I'm it still be, listening. I've still yeah. listened to it. It's, you know, entertaining at least. Uh, went back and, you know, we made it like halfway through Why the Last Man, the series, um, a while ago. And recently started to catch up on that again. I think I'm nearing the conclusion, but it's, it's still very good. So I'm enjoying that. Um, we saw the Deadpool trailer several times. Mm -hmm. We saw it before fantastic four. And then we watched the red band trailer a couple times with, with Courtney. And, uh, that looks, that looks fun. You know, it's, it's different. Uh, Remember when I told Courtney he, we weren't going to take him to see it? Yeah, he almost had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that's, you know, the tone of that movie is is interesting in a larger conversation. One that, uh, you know, about superhero movies and like, especially after the summer that superhero movie, movies have had, which we can talk about, you know, when we start talking about Fantastic Four, but um, it still looks fun and, you know. Deadpool is Courtney's favorite Marvel character for whatever reason. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, another trailer that just released though was the Hateful Eight trailer, which is Quentin Tarantino's next movie, which I didn't I didn't know was still going to be a movie because like a year ago the script leaked online and you know, Quentin oh, Tarantino I never heard was of anything about it. Yeah, uh, he was you know, pretty upset that the script had leaked and he was like, well, I'm, I'm just not going to make it now. <laughs> right. And so I thought that they weren't going to make it, but they did. And it looks, I mean, it looks beautiful. It's shot on, you know, film, film, I think like, and it's, you know, it's got some of the typical Quentin Tarantino actors like Samuel L. Jackson, Tim Roth, but Kurt Russell's in it and, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. It looks good. And just seeing some of the reaction online to the trailer, kind of forget what a big deal Quentin Tarantino movies are to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like I like them, but um, we still the, never saw Django Unchained. Yeah, well, uh, I, I want to watch Inglorious Bastards. Do we haven't watched? Oh yeah, I haven't seen, we haven't seen that either. Mm. <laughs> so we do have TV to watch. <laughs> um, what else? There's going to be a Hundred Bullets movie apparently with Tom Hardy, which really? I, I haven't read, but you had. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm not finished. I mean, obviously. You read some of it. Yeah. Okay. It's quite good. It's been a while since I read it, but the yeah. concept is, is really good. And then there's also like a really cool larger picture that is starting to unfold from where I ended up in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also on books that you've read that are going to be made into movies that I haven't read devil in the white city. Really? Yeah. So good. You really so should I read that. I think it's going to be uh Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. So, cause it's all based on true stories. Right. So, I mean like that's Eric Larson writes that kind of stuff. There was another book that he wrote within the past several years that I had wanted to read and never got around to, but, like, that's the kind of historical nonfiction that I like is when it's 
written the way he does it. And, um, where there's, you know, murder mystery and intrigue. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was exciting. What else we got? Um, I wrote down Avengers don't like women because, you know, they had the, um, there's this whole like thing about, first of all, Black Widow is one of the only main women characters in the Avengers movies. And, um, and then, you know, they, they aren't really developing a, a standalone movie for her and, you know, merchandise is coming out and like they replace uh, Black Widow with Captain America on the, like the I think it's a Lego box or something where you can build the scene where she drops out of the yeah carrier on I the heard, motorcycle. I heard that as well. <laughs> and uh, this one seems like less of a big deal because it's like one version of the Blu-ray DVD cover and it's in the UK, but they like left Black Widow off of the cover. Um, Why they left, they left Hawkeye off the cover too? It was just like for the four Avengers, but. Um, it's just interesting that they wouldn't push Who makes the decisions. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, also in the Marvel movie universe, they have, uh, some images have started popping up online of what they're filming the new captain America movie, civil war and gotten their first look at the, the black Panther costume. And, well, I think it's it's just the uh, the stunt doubles in in the costumes. Uh, you know, you can kind of see the pictures aren't um, well. The pictures are pretty good actually, but it, it's hard to tell what it'll look like like on screen. But it looks pretty cool. And uh, you know, the Black Panther is uh, Chadwick Boseman, who has been in quite a few things, but nothing that we really watch. Um, but I'm really excited for for the new Captain America movie because we went and watched. Um, me and the kids watched Captain America 2 again last weekend. Yeah, Tegan's really been on a, a yeah. superhero movie kick where she just wakes up in the morning and like puts one on. So proud. <laughs> but that Captain America 2 was, um, I think it was one of my favorite Marvel movies so far, especially, you know, rewatching it. It's just so good. And um, the, the same guys are directing the Civil War movie, the Russos. And uh, so I don't know, I'm really looking forward to, to that. But. Um, I guess that's probably it for, you know, miscellaneous things. So we can just move on to, um, exquisite corpse. So it's written in, you know, uh, art by Penelope Bajou, a French, um, blogger slash graphic novel art author slash, yeah, cartoonist, um, who has also been knighted in France for her contributions to the arts, which is crazy. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Awesome. Uh Yeah. I mean, she's only 32 also. So, um, I remember when I was 32, I don't know, 30, I think she was born in 82. I think the interviews I read might've been a year old either way. Um, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the book originally was published in France in 2001. 10? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, uh, there's a one in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for a second, brought it to America and published it just this year. And uh, it was translated by Mark Siegel, which is, um, you know, I think 
important an important note when you're talking about something that requires translation and making sure that they get it um, right because there's subtleties of language that are are always you know i mean the translator has to make a decision on how to convey those things and also you know what the tone is specifically to you know so um so do you want to give like a an overview of of the novel graphic novel the story yes um (laughs) So the story is about a woman named Zoe, a young woman, and she's has a terrible job and a terrible boyfriend and sort of stuck in this life. Um, and then she happens upon this mysterious author that she doesn't know anything about and um, develops a relationship with him. And, um, you know, it's just... I mean, I, I guess we can get into some details about the story, but that's the basic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to. I yeah, think, to get obviously. <laughs> um, but I mean, I really loved it. Yeah. Did you like it? No, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I liked. I, I like the art. Uh, you know, it's it's very um, kind of Sunday strip cartoon feel to it. Um, but, uh, you know, the characters are all, um, very like detailed and, you know, expressive and, um, you know, the pages it's, you know, it's kind of funny. It's just, it looks like she drew all the, um, frames by hand love, and everything. I love it's, that when it's Everything like about that. it is, you know, it just looks really good and, uh, it's fun. It's fun to look at and it's, it's a lot of fun to read and it's a quick read. Yeah, I sat down and read it and like the car on the way home, basically from the bookstore. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah. So she meets the author and basically, you know, slowly through the story, you kind of learn that he's a shut in, that he never leaves the house. And then you learn why he leaves the house or why he doesn't leave the house. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hence shut in. Um, But, you know, and they, it's basically, there's three main characters. There's Zoe and then the author, Thomas, and his... Editor and ex-wife. Right. Agatha. And um, so, you know, I guess it takes like three months for them to kind of get to a point where um, they reveal that the reason he doesn't leave the house is him and his wife faked his death. Um, basically just to develop more de- interest in him as an author. Right. Well, yeah, he was a very successful author at first mm-hmm. and as his works continued to come out, you know, they grew less and less critically acclaimed at least. And you, you want me to continue? Yeah, you just pick up wherever, and I'll just edit out. I'll edit somewhere where I've stopped making sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I Adam, I guess you know as far as summary goes, that's probably all we need, but to to discuss. But I I wanted to like talk about some of my favorite um, things that happened in the story. In particular, uh, there's the one scene towards the beginning where Zoe's complaining about her 
life and this job with all these handsy guys who, you know, basically she's like a, a live event model, whatever they call them in the oh, book. They call them booth girls. And yeah, a booth yeah. girl. So, so basically she stands around looking pretty and smiling for jerks all day long. Um, and, you know, she complains about her life a little bit. And, and there's this one scene where her coworkers and also this just random dude are like, well, you know, if you don't like your life, do something about it. Don't just stand around and complain about it. But, you know, just the way that that unfolds is really funny. Right. And then there's that beat in between where, <laughs> where they seem to have a breakthrough, the actual two friends that are talking and the guy just continues to stand there like he's a contributor <laughs> and then they just they're silent and then they're like you can go now so. yeah yeah it's it's just really well done that that um piece of the of the story um i love when zoe like gets home from work and takes her hair down and you know makeup off and like puts on her her lounge around lounge around clothes yeah exactly and she just looks like a mess but such an awesome mess and um you know i feel like that's something that i can definitely identify with is you know uh so there's just like lots of little things like that that i liked about about um the work in general so yeah i really liked um the characters just in you know in the book the three main characters not that they're all extremely likable i mean they're mostly likable except for the you know thomas is thomas not, is terribly unlikable right. i mean he is and he, but yeah. i like his character in the book oh yeah and so basically it's um you know he's had trouble writing for a while and uh zoe kind of comes into his life you know she kind of starts off as a muse for thomas and you know he starts to write more and more and she kind of feels like she's filling that that role but you know kind of flips to where he's mostly just using her to get what um get what he wants which isn't just inspiration to write and to write and to write and to put out more books that you know posthumously will you know add to his legacy um and so she's uh i also like that you know not only does she not know the author or the background of the, his supposed death, but she's, you know, not like, um, a literary person. She's not supposed to be this cultured person. Right. So it's kind of these two worlds colliding of, um, I don't know, not necessarily high society, but like academic, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't she's know how painted to describe as, it without trying to, without making it sound like I think it's a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, she's painted as not being like very intelligent or caring about you know, um, literary things, and uh, you know, and that's okay because that's not you know. Um, I think ultimately that doesn't like, determine her value as a person in the book. Right. So, I mean, I really like that about it because. Ultimately, like the really smart guy turns out to be a total jerk. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, the fact that she isn't educated or really 
traditionally intelligent doesn't devalue her as a character in the story. And right. so I like that about this story. Yeah. Um, cause you don't see a lot of, you know, books are written by people who write books and read books. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I like, um, I also like the ex-wife character, uh, Agatha and she's, uh, kind of starts off as, um, you know, Zoe sees her as a threat when she first shows up because obviously her and her and Thomas have this whole background backstory and they laugh about things, talk about things. And they're also from that same world where they can communicate about, you know, literature and his book and his writing and stuff. But, uh, you know, eventually they, you know, end up getting along. They form this little trio for a little while and then books in the event books in the event events in the book unfold and you know toward the conclusion and i thought the story overall you know it was just really satisfying i thought so too um did you have anything else not really i, I mean thought, i just thought i thought i did think the title was interesting you know it's the um the exquisite corpses the um like a french surrealist method of story creation where you know, somebody, it can be like a story or a piece of art where somebody draws or writes one thing and then they kind of fold it over so you can't really see it. And somebody continues that, that thread and just kind of, it's almost like a game where it gets past her. It's a, technically the definition of the phrase is a collection of words or images collectively assembled, oh. you know, which I, I thought was you know, also cool, but that's yeah, <laughs> because of, I mean, that's, yeah. I didn't know that. And that just makes the whole thing that much better. Yeah. Speaking of editors and authors, I guess it was the editor that came up with the title. I read that in an interview somewhere with, um, Penelope Bejou that the title wasn't her idea. So it's interesting how much collaboration, um, it's very meta. I like it, Yeah, but so that's it for that one. <laughs> yeah. We um, can move on. Yeah. So we went and saw the fantastic four last weekend, which is, uh, directed by Josh Trank, who also did Chronicle and stars Miles Teller as Reed Richards. Didn't he fall off some of the directorial stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We, well, I, I mean, d- I, mean I just the... only know a little bit about it cause I didn't, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the rumor. We can get into um, some of that stuff, because I think at this point, um, some of the backstory is almost more interesting than the, than movie, the movie yeah. itself. And so I came out of the movie feeling, like, good about it. But then, like, after processing it, it hasn't stayed with me at all. There's nothing about it. That, and, you know, there's a lot that I would... So I think overall it was not my favorite, but... Right. So... And or and I feel the same way. Like it's, it. <laughs> it's not that it didn't stay with me, but I've, you know, I, before we recorded, I was like, I'm not going to listen to a bunch of uh, like podcasts or read a bunch of reviews or whatever. But I just, I couldn't like stop myself because it was, it just seemed so interesting that there was such a huge backlash, um, uh, not backlash, but there was just such a huge, uh, consensus basically about the terribleness of the movie. (laughs) And, um, so, uh, but you know, we can get into that, but it, it does. It stars miles Teller as Reed Richards, Michael B. Jordan as 
the Human Torch, um, Kate Mara as Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, and Jamie Bell as the Thing. And, uh, I mean, first of all, it's a great cast. It should have been an amazing movie. <laughs> right. I mean, I think this is definitely a case where it was the script or the storytelling that was, and not the actors that just seemed out of place. I feel like everyone did a really good job in the roles that they had. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things about, um, this movie in particular. And I think, um, you know, the superhero movie genre overall, as it continues to roll out, that is interesting. Cause you know, uh, Josh Trank, he uh, did Chronicle, which I'd, I'd never seen until I started listening to. He's got this four-part interview podcast with Kevin Smith that's been slowly um, rolling out over the last few weeks, and you know they spent a lot of time talking about Chronicle, which also has Michael B. Jordan in it, and um, the director had he wanted to cast Miles Teller in it. Um, but it just didn't end, didn't end up working out. Uh, and so that's why he pushed for him for, for this movie. But, um, it's the same. I mean, it basically has the same kind of feel as the fantastic four movie. And it's kind of a slow burn where it's this origin story that slowly plays out over the bulk of the movie. And then all of a sudden it's action and done. And it works for Chronicle and not so much, I think, for Fantastic right. Four. I mean, even our eight-year-old daughter was like, "It, the, it's over? What?" <laughs> she, she thought it was <laughs> yeah. a half an hour long. And it's not. It's an hour and 40 minutes. But they spend so much time building. Um, building Literally the, and building, building the, the story. Well, yeah. I mean, they spend so much time building the origin story. And I, I don't even feel like they spent... Um, I don't feel like they did a good job upon after thinking about it, like building the characters. Not really. No, it's mostly just them building this portal maker transporter. I mean, and just, yeah. So they're making a teleportation. And, and another thing from, from hearing him talk about developing the story. I mean, it sounds like it was going to be an amazing movie. Uh, You know, he had, he brought in people that, were really into, um, you know, the comic books and the uh, storyline of the Fantastic Four through, um, you know, their comic book adventures, which is, um, you know, some are good and some are bad. But, you know, I guess last weekend or I think it was at the end of last weekend, the director, Josh Trank, put up a tweet that said, you know, a year ago, I had a version of this movie that would have been amazing, and you guys will never see it, which... And then was deleted. Yeah. Like, basically right after that, so, yeah. So, it's one of those things where, um, and, you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that, where he probably lost um, uh, some control of of what was uh, going on in in the movie that he wanted to make, because... Uh, you know, so much money is being, is put into these superhero movies. Same with Marvel. You know, it's, uh, people, uh, sign on to make these movies and there's so much, 
that the studio expects to be put in the movie and they want so much control over everything that happens in the movie that, you know, you know, the same thing happened with Joss Whedon in the latest Avengers movie. He was like, I can't, uh, I don't think I'll ever do this again. (laughs) And it's, it's too bad because I think, um, you know, when you, when you hire somebody because of their, creativity and their ability to tell and a story their vision. yeah and their vision you should let them run with it and then you'll it get... usually works out better if you let them run with it i think you know and even if it doesn't work out better monetarily it probably would have worked out better than than this movie did especially this movie didn't even hit, right, I didn't hit even number feel one like at there the was, box office over the weekend i didn't even really think that um they did a good job explaining like the angst uh, and like the villainness of Dr. Doom, you know, like I was like, Oh, he's going to be mad and want revenge because they abandoned him on this planet. But like, that wasn't what happened. Like he did. He just just wanted to go back to his place. Yeah. He's just like, you guys are ruining this place. I'm going to build a new place. But like, it, it just didn't, it didn't follow to me. There wasn't enough of the, like, and that was, there was just a lot that I felt like wasn't underdeveloped for sure. That was another one of the um, things that people didn't like about the movie was the fantastic four is supposed to be like this uh, really like family close knit uh, unit. And, you know, two of them actually are family. Yeah. And they're kind of strangers. Yeah. And, and that's okay for the origin story. Like they can't all just grow up together, but um, you know, at some point they should have made more of a put more emphasis emphasis on on the team coming together yeah and, and I it's feel just like-, like at the end all of a sudden there's like hey this is the fantastic four for no reason right because they worked that. together once yeah and defeated a bad guy once i mean cuz even um the thing what's his name his name in the movie, Ben Grimm. Yeah, Grimm. Okay, so even Ben, um, like, he doesn't know any of them. He's just sort of like put into this. Well, body. he knows Reed. He grew up right, with exactly. With but him, like but... the other people, like, I mean, how do you develop the sense of? Uh, I mean, there was a little bit at the end with the animosity between you know, um, uh, right? Where John Johnny Storm, Storm and, and yeah, ben even Grimm that are like, was but, like one line. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's not really animosity. They just like oh, I know they they like to needle each other. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He didn't get any of that, and there was no reason to get any of it because, because they didn't know they, each other. Yeah, <laughs> so. And then like, I, so overall, the movie is feels more of like a sci-fi thing than um, than a superhero movie. Which would have um, been okay, I feel like, if it had just been, you know, like, if that was what it was, and the, right. the storytelling and, and development the, was a little better. Like, that was one of the things that, you know, especially after the first trailer, people were, were kind of excited, because it was a different take on the superhero genre. And, um, you know, and Fox is kind of... Um, famous for a lot of their sci-fi movies like, you know, Aliens and The Abyss and, the, you know, that he talks about 
walking down the hallway at Fox and seeing all those movie posters and he really wanted to make like a sci-fi movie and it, it could have been, I think really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, I feel like it just the, the missed potential here. It, it's just disappointing. And the thing is it made so little money that they're not going to try it again. Probably not. Well, I mean, but I guess that they I have mean, to, they, if they have gonna... to, if they, so I guess maybe they will, but yeah, unfortunately so they're going to have to, they're going to assemble a whole new cast. Right. I don't know. But if Fox wants to retain the rights, they have to keep making the movies. But, uh, Sony was doing the same thing with Spider-Man until the last Spider-Man movie kind of bombed. And they were like, here, Marvel, help us. They didn't like completely relinquish the character to them, but... Yeah, they were doing this whole collaboration thing, yeah. so, and which worked a lot better, for sure. So, I don't know. I mean, I liked... Well, I don't know if I liked it. Doom, they had like a different kind of... Um, origin story for the whole fantastic or first of all i know they <laughs> they teleport to the the negative zone which for some reason they changed planet the, zero the name to planet zero it would have been cooler if they just said negative zone uh <laughs> but when they go they go without sue storm which is crazy yeah why why like i feel like why would she be left out i mean the only thing i can think was um they only built that, four pods? Well, <laughs> no, I mean, somebody needed to be there to, like, bring them back. Well... But not really. I mean, they could have just were, come back. Right, because or, they weren't planning on... I mean, they weren't, like, planning on telling her that they were going. They were going to come back on their own. Right. So... Or they could have just... I don't know. Like, it didn't... I guess they felt like it just didn't fit her character to go with them. Why? Um, I don't get it. But... I mean, if you're going to leave somebody behind with everything that's going on in comic books and uh, how they've kind of, I mean, it's getting better, but how they've diminished the role of women in books and the yeah, movies. Yeah, she's not the one. If you're going to leave somebody behind, leave behind somebody else. And But anyway, yeah, so Doom was, uh, his origin is quite different in this movie, which was cool. Um that they did something different. They where... don't explain his powers either. They're like, yeah, well, I mean, he's. The... Well, they're like, yeah, he's basically pure energy. But like, that means he can just do whatever he wants. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. You know, I think you know, we looked up what Doom's powers were. Yeah, we Wikipedia. I mean... It. I mean, in the movie, they don't really do a great job explaining. But you know, that's it's just different. That like he's not wearing a mask. Like his it's just his containment his suit. Yeah, fused to his face. Which is kind of gross. But, I mean, that was one of the things about the movie that could have been a lot cooler, you know, was, like, all the body horror stuff that he wanted to incorporate. And that was one of the better, I thought, scenes of the movie where they're discovering, like, what happened to them and just how terrible that would be. Um, yes. The, I mean, like one of the other things I... One of the best things I thought about the movie was the way the uh, Johnny Storm looked when he's the Human Torch. Uh, it just looked so. It looked really cool. And yeah. It looked like a comic book on the screen. It was. Yeah. I'd say probably my favorite thing about the movie, <laughs> <laughs> at least visually. Right. Um, the thing was okay. Better, really, I liked how he looked. Better than um, a big rubber felt, suit. Yeah, definitely better than a big rubber suit, and I felt like. Um, you could feel the weight of him, yeah. you know, visually for sure. But yeah, yeah I, I'd i say 
that I overall I liked the first uh, half of the movie, and then when it gets to the point where they have their powers and they kind of get split up and start those military missions, it was kind of downhill from there mm-hmm. for me. And you were talking about, you know, um, how the Josh Trank, you know, maybe lost some of his um, directorial duties and control. I think I heard, I had heard that they, they were going back and like reshooting certain things because the movie just didn't have any action. And so I guess that's probably almost the last third of the movie. Uh, and, and you can just tell it's a different movie, like, and it's not a very great movie, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is too bad. It is too bad. I, <clears throat> I had some high hopes for yeah. this. And, I mean, I would like to see another movie with the same cast as a team, but with less of uh, the conflict behind the scenes and more of a cohesive effort, I think. Yeah. But we might never see that. So <sighs> yeah, it's too bad. I mean, it's pretty likely we won't. So. <laughs> Did you have anything else for no. fantastic Four? So I guess we'll just move on to the notables. Yours is pod. <laughs> um, Yes, yeah, so it has a release date, I mean, limited release of August 28th, which is um, a South by Southwest this year indie film called Pod by Mickey Keating. And um, we watched the trailer and it looks awesome. And I, I'm really liking my new found love for, you know, thriller um, horror is for, and, um, suspense thriller yeah. and ghosty things and i mean for a long time i couldn't watch that yeah, we stuff never watched any of those movies because it got too far in my head like yeah. where you know um but now like I, i'm really enjoying it and loving that stuff and so that's i mean like that's what i want to be watching like all the time so oh um, that's another thing we started american american horror, horror story, story season two, two. See the, yeah so we need to maybe we can which wa- has been very good so far it has so maybe we can watch a couple episodes while you're away oh, together over the phone or something. I'm going to like FaceTime while we're watching or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Um, I know that's not your style. But anyway, I'm excited about Pod because it looks like it's very um, uh, like <clears throat> psychological thriller. As well as like possible alien or monster, right. um, you know, like what's reality type thing, which looks really really cool. Um, it's very dark, which I like, and so the trailer looked fun. And hopefully, I mean, it's not going to be releasing near us, so we won't get to see it this month. But um, not that we'd probably go see it in the theater anyway, because that's not typically what we do. But um, you know, hopefully, it'll be on. VOD soon and we can watch that together. Yeah, it looked good. So that's it. That's it. All right. Well, mine was um, more current last week if we'd recorded, but Jon Stewart did his last daily show after what, like 17 years, which is crazy. Yeah. uh, Crazy long. And 
he uh, is turning over the reins to uh, Trevor Noah, um, which uh, is going to be interesting. You know, I think uh, it's it's great that John Stewart pushed for him because he has confidence in him being able to replace him. Uh, he's a young guy, or at least he looks really young. John uh, Stewart was once young, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, he he's talking about diversity in, in late night television, you know, he's a young black guy from, uh, South Africa. Boy, I hope that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Courtney watched his, uh, stand up routine, which was, which was pretty good. Courtney liked it. Um, I, I thought it was okay, um, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure he'll do good and do well. And he's, um, keeping, you know, basically the whole creative team on board. He's not, like bringing it out with the old in with the new. Yeah. He's going to be working with a lot of the same people. So uh, I think that's good. But as far as the last show goes, uh, I thought it was, it was really well, well done. Uh, You know, they brought back basically every anchor that, or uh, reporter that worked for the daily show, which is when you see them all cycling through, it's this crazy number of, Mm people who have done really well yeah, correspondence. That's right. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Steve Carell came back, which was fun. And Stephen Maybe. Colbert yeah. and, um, overall it, it was, it was a gr- great show. Plus you can never go wrong when you end with Bruce Springsteen and the E street band. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I know we didn't watch it every night, or we never watched it at night we always watched it on Hulu like the next day or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's, he's been very, uh, influential culturally, um, in the, in the comedy landscape and everything. And, and political uh, landscape. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's sad to see him go. Um, but he definitely, uh, contributed a lot and, uh, the, uh, people who have gone on to do other things like, uh, John Oliver, who probably would have replaced him if he hadn't left the, sh- the show, you would imagine, you know, you replaced him basically the, for a whole summer one year. Right. Um, but his, his show last week tonight is just the, the one a week kind of recap. And, uh, he's doing a lot of the same That's things funny with the, what are commercials? Because <laughs> yeah. he's on HBO, <laughs> but his, his show, yeah, kind of does the same, does the same thing that the daily show did where not only is it uh, a recap, but, um, for, for the, like the first half, but the whole second half of his show, they, they pick like a, a very, you know, serious, uh, topic about, you know, politics or social equality or, um, you know, whatever they want to tackle. And they, um, they point out a lot of the, they pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the problems with, um, society as it's built today. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to have it presented in a satirical way instead of always doom and gloom, um, news, real news style. Right. But wow. went on for a long time there for my one little notable, but (laughs) either way, um, I guess that'll wrap up this episode. Unless you had anything else. No, I'm ready to get going. Oh, yes. We are going to go hit up Six Flags for the first time since we moved here.
go on the Batman coaster, which looks amazing. Yes. And several other rides, but that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Um, but, uh, you know, until next time, I guess this has, uh, been geek chew. You can reach us at geekchew.com where you can also download our episodes. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher rate and leave a review, please. And just do it. We have, uh, was that your Shia LaBeouf? Oh my God. No, <laughs> I like, it was really funny. Like when I watched Once. it the first time, but now Courtney just says it all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and, all the uh, time. Our email is geekchew at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at geekchew. We're on we Instagram a, too. That's true too. We have a geekchew Facebook. Um, Look at that. We've round, rounding out the social media. Right. Now we just need a, a Reddit thread and a Tumblr. Tumblr and we're not going to do any of those things, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, did I leave anything out? I don't think so. I'm disjointed. So I, but, uh, I think we're okay. Yeah. No we'll, one's listening we'll just, at this point. We'll just wrap it up. All right. <laughs> it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>